0: strong values and strong opinions the mike broomhead show ktar news 92 3 fm and the ktar news app hey thanks
1: so much for being here appreciate you spending some time with us we're gonna let you hear um a little bit more of what the governor had to say uh coming up in just a few minutes um What's interesting about this is uh, the conversation now is about the election and election integrity. We all want election integrity. Everybody wants elections to be safe. Everybody wants elections to be fair. Everyone wants elections to be honest. I understand all of that. There is a big difference between mistakes being made and intentional acts being committed. And there have been uh, accusations of intentionality. And I don't know the answer to that, to be very honest with you. I don't believe the election was stolen. But that doesn't mean if there's evidence that provided that shows that people intentionally made changes and did things to sabotage an election. I would love to see that. I would love to find out how. I think we should wait and see when that happens. The problem is the battle lines have been drawn. And the battle lines have been drawn as far back as 2016. But the flames of that really began to rage after 2020 when President Trump lost to President Biden. And... The people that are now called election deniers – and I don't use that as a term of insult. I use it as a term of identification. The people that are election deniers that believe 2020 is stolen have been very aggressive. And this is the part of the – and I'm just talking about the people that I have been involved in seeing because there are a lot of people out there, and I I, want to defend them. I know a lot of reasonable people that believe that 2020 was stolen. They still do. They still believe something went on, whether it was the media, it was, you know, places like Twitter pushing down the Hunter Biden laptop story, whether it was the algorithms with with Google or algorithms with Facebook, or they believe that, you know, the FBI trying to influence those platforms and what stories they were running, whatever it is, they have a firm belief that 2020 was stolen, but they're good people. They're not calling for violence. They're not calling for anything. They just believe it was stolen. They believe it was a shame. They believe it was done the wrong way, and they believe the country is paying a price for it. But that doesn't mean that they're bad people, and it doesn't mean – although I don't subscribe to that either. I don't believe that the election was stolen in 2020. I don't. Um, But I will defend them and knowing that they're still friends of mine. They're still good good people. I disagree with good people a lot. Um, But what we see, and it seems as if the people that lead this charge – Are the people that only believe that if you don't believe like me on this issue, either A, you're in on it, or B, you're stupid. And that's the way they drive this. And it's a fight. It's a battle. Instead of saying to someone, hey, wait a minute, hang on. Just hang on and listen to what I have to say. Let me show you the evidence I have. And the good thing about what's happening with these hearings is now moving forward, evidence may be brought forward. Unless it is completely dismissed, and that's what the, the, the defendants are asking for. And if, unless it's completely dismissed, evidence is going to have to be presented to the courts, which means the people of Arizona and this country are going to be able to see evidence. And see and let the people decide whether or not they believe this happened. you know I, I, again, I, I'm not going to shy away from my friendships and my respect for people. I know people in the county Board of Supervisors. I've talked about being friends with Clint Hickman and I think what's happened to Clint Hickman is a disaster. I think it's a tragedy. I, I think the the insults against the Hickman family should be an embarrassment to everyone. you know these are good people that whether you agree with them or not and I'm sure that if I have enough conversations with Clint Hickman and I wouldn't agree with him on everything. But th- this is a good family that has done great things here in the Valley. And I can't imagine on any level that he would be a part of a cover up or the stealing of an election. I-, I-, I just, I can't. And then to watch how things are handled. We all have differences with people. You know, the, the former president, uh, former President Trump, br- flew our governor. To Washington D.C. to have him in the White House for a one-on-one for the entire world to see is a photo op and a, a a press opportunity to talk about what a great job our governor was doing. He chose of all the governors in all fifty states, Governor Ducey was in the White House with the former president. 2020 happened, our governor did his job, he certified the election, and now it's nothing but insults about our governor. I'm sorry, that's not the way you're supposed to behave. Clint Hickman, County Board of Supervisors, was at an event in the West Valley with the former president, and he was uh, sitting in the crowd. The president, during his remarks, congratulated and thanked Clint Hickman for his hard work and the things that he's doing. And... Then when the County Board of Supervisors did what they did or didn't do what they didn't do, all of a sudden they're also now on the hit list. And it's anger and it's venom and people showing up at your house and we're going to lock you up and we're going to do this and Bill Gates has to sleep somewhere else and he's the board chair of the County Board of Supervisors. And this is not who we should be. So let the courts handle it. I'm I'm glad that these candidates have their day in court. Bring your lawyers, bring your evidence, and lay it out before the people of Arizona. And if the people of Arizona, the courts, through the court system, if the courts look at your evidence and they believe that there was something nefarious that was done, let the people responsible be severely punished. Let the wrong be righted. And I will be the first one to come on the air and say, here's the evidence they presented and it's convinced me too. But if there is an evidence presented And the courts deny any kind of – if the courts come out and say there's nothing we can see, I want to just mention one more thing that happened. After the 2020 election and the battle going on and on and on and on and on after the audit and auditors demanding this and auditors demanding that and all of these other things, the two sides, the county board of supervisors that said we've complied with everything we're going to comply with and the state of Arizona saying they want more when it was the, the, the state senate. They agreed on a special master. They agreed, both bodies agreed, that the best person to investigate impartially and let everybody know what they find was John Shattig, former Congressman John Shattig, who's an attorney, but also just a brilliant man. And another guy that everybody looks at and says, This is a guy that's got integrity. He's smart and he's also honest. Let him decide. So his team dug in and it was – the questions were about whether or not the election machines, anything to do with the tabulation machines, if it was ever connected to the internet, number one, were there any – did anybody break into the system? Was anybody able to access the system that shouldn't? Were any votes changed? Was anything done? And they did some extensive research. On the 2020 election in Maricopa County, and they came out and said the machines were never connected to the Internet. Nobody accessed the system that wasn't supposed to be there. Nothing was changed. We didn't find any evidence of any of that. And there are still people out there screaming that the election was stolen. So there are going to be people that are never satisfied. But that doesn't mean you don't dig for the truth and you move forward. And this is the problem, and this is my biggest concern, is that will there be a period at the end of this? 21st or the 22nd is when evidence is going to be brought in, unless, of course, there's a dismissal. And the 21st is when this begins, a week from today. This has got to be done very quickly, but the courts have got to have the final say on this, and then we have to move on to 2024, This constant looking back and screaming that somebody cheated and this – again, I'll use my NFL analogy. There are bad calls all the time in the NFL or college football or any sport you watch. There are bad calls. You have to move on. My brother was in the my brother was in the state playoffs as a high school kid and got into a fight with somebody that 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 hit him or whatever happened but what the referee saw was what my brother did and both of these kids were suspended except my brother or thrown out of the game. My brother won the game and they went and appealed it to the state of Florida. He was still suspended for the next playoff game. My brother wasn't allowed to play in a playoff game by a horrible call by an official. You have to move on. You've got to move on, and I don't know that that's going to happen. I hope it does, but I I just we'll see if it will. Coming up in a moment, we get caught up on the biggest news stories of the day. It's a segment we call "Did You Hear This." We're going to get to it in just a few moments.
0: Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 923 FM, and the KTAR News app. All right, let's catch you up on these big headlines. Did you hear this? Did you hear this? Broomhead's reaction to
2: the hottest news stories. Yesterday, the CPI numbers came out and showed a slowing of inflation in the past month. President Biden spoke on the report. I know it's
3: been a rough few years for hardworking Americans and for small businesses as well. And for a lot of folks, things are still pretty rough. But there are bright spots all across America where we're beginning to see the impact of our economic strategy.
2: Do you think the strategy of raising rates is working?
1: It seems to be slowing down the economy. The threat is always when you do something like this as you drive companies into a recession, which is hard to climb out of. I am happy to hear the president finally start addressing how difficult it is for People, not painting a rosy picture. I know it's been rough for a lot of people. I know it's still rough for a lot of people. It's been a rough ride for a lot of people. You've got to say those things. You are never going to get through to people if you don't acknowledge their circumstances. So I'm glad he started there. But what we need to do now is try to prevent a recession because the one thing that is propping up this economy and keeping it solvent is the fact that there are job opportunities, second and third job opportunities for some people to keep their financial heads above water. If people start getting laid off with what's happening now, when the debt that's been created, we're going to see disaster. So let's hope we avoid that big recession.
2: In an interview with ABC News at the southern border, California Governor Gavin Newsom says the federal government needs to do more to address the migrant crisis.
1: What we've got right now is not working and is about to break in a post-42 world unless we take some responsibility and ownership. And I'm saying that as a Democrat. I'm not saying that to point fingers. I'm saying that as a father. I'm saying that as someone that feels responsible for being part of the solution, and I'm trying to do my best here.
2: Are you surprised to hear more Democrats speaking out on the issue? Not necessarily. Necessarily,
1: I think that as the political tides turn, I think that when you have the people of California are as concerned as the people of Arizona and Texas of what's happening, I think he's looking at the state and looking at the reality of what this does to your resources. These are, you know, with so many people hurting economically as it is, now you've got resources in order to help them that are, should be helping Americans. We're not doing what we should be doing, and I think he's painting a picture of reality. As I've been saying for a long time, it's going to take voices like his within the president's political party that is going to force this kind of change because people like myself don't agree with the administration. We're not going to vote for his administration. He can't win us over that way. But when people on his side of the aisle start to speak, he needs to start listening, and maybe this is a step in the right direction. You are listening to Did You Hear This? We do it every day at this time to catch you up on the big headlines.
2: Governor Ducey joined you in studio today and discussed the importance of the TSMC chip plant in Arizona.
3: It was a big economic win. It's going to transform our economy. Arizona is the, the national or global hub for semiconductors. TSMC is the biggest project the state has ever landed. Thank you to everyone that participated on that project.
2: Well, this chip plant and other economic policies draw more types of businesses to the valley.
1: Yeah, we're seeing, we've been seeing this for a long time. I talk about intentional growth, and there has been intentional growth in the state of Arizona. One of the things that the governor recognized before he was governor that we needed to diversify our economy, people saw that because of the downturn of 2008. And so uh, Arizona was in a very, very precarious place, uh, and we've bounced back very, very well as a state. And I think that this chip industry, and what it is, it's not just the chip industry. It's all of the other businesses that will now form and grow that feed that industry that will help. And I never want to leave out Intel. Intel has been a standard, is a staple in Arizona for decades. And the great work that Intel has done here in the Valley, they've got a huge investment in the East Valley as well. There's going to be competition that go on. But I, 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 I wished nothing but success for Intel for the number of years they've been here in Arizona, what they've done for the state in creating jobs, their continuing investment in the state of Arizona. And I think this industry is going to thrive because of solid companies like Intel being involved.
2: Governor Ducey also spoke on this morning what it will take to get a special session called for education funding.
3: It's on leadership to tell us we have the votes. And what we're getting right now is a lot of yes, if, and yes, and. Uh, what we want to hear is 31 and 16 yeses. That's how you get to a special session. So that's on the legislature.
2: Can lawmakers come together to get the votes necessary to host this session?
3: Um,
1: they're going to have to. I, they did it last session, and there's not a the, the divide is still there. It's still a one-seat majority in the House and the Senate for the Republicans. They still have a very thin majority, but they got to this I think all legislators understand how serious this issue is, and it has become a political bargaining chip, and I don't say that in a, in a negative way. It's just the way business is done. In order to get my vote on this, you're going to have to give me something, and it's the way things get done. Now, there are a lot of people out there going to get angry about that, but if it was the other side of the aisle, you would use it to your advantage as well. Do I think it's going to get done? Absolutely, I think it's going to get done. They understand it's political suicide to leave $2 billion, $2 billion out of the budget that's already been allocated. I don't think that's going to happen. It will get done. Let's just see how long it takes to get done and what concessions have to be made to certain legislators to get them to buy into it. That's going to be the question. All right. Great job, Julia. Did you hear this one more time? We'll do it again tomorrow at 1120. Uh, What we're going to do at 1135 is we are going to reset some of that conversation with Governor Ducey. Very interesting as we talked about issues, topical issues like, like we just did in education. But we also talked a little bit about his legacy, what he wants to be remembered for us. His time in office is wrapping up very, very rapidly. So we'll let you hear a little bit of what the governor had to say and some of the key points that he made. We'll do all of that next.
0: Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News,
1: 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks so much for being here. Appreciate you spending some time with the show. A very interesting conversation with Governor Ducey. Um, it kinda, and I started off by saying it was kind of bittersweet. I, I've known the governor since before he was state treasurer, um, and he's a, a good guy. He, and, and um, you know, to that extent, I would say he's a friend. Um, we don't go to dinner. We don't hang out. we don't. But I, I've known him professionally, and he has always been very, very kind to me and uh so um and I think and I think he's done a good job. We all have disagreements at times, but I think he's done a good job as governor. I think history will be kind to him. Um, history was very kind to Governor Brewer, and she ruffled a lot of feathers when she was in office because she had a lot of difficult decisions to make. Not an easy job, and you have to make decisions that affect people. And uh, But history was kind to her, and I truly believe history will be kind to Governor Ducey. So we talked about a couple of different things and um uh, i want to start with the uh, semiconductor industry cuz i did say this is kind of the the cherry on top of the sunday with a 40 billion dollar investment from one corporation the biggest arizona has ever see- seen but this is now again part of the uh, part of the plan of the governors of of having a uh, diversified economy so here's what he had to say about semiconductor
3: business when you talk about the internet of things and how things are connected and you can, you know, you work your TV from your phone, all that relies on semiconductors. And how big of a win was this? It was a big economic win. It's going to transform our economy. Arizona's the the national or global hub for semiconductors. TSMC is the biggest project the state has ever landed. Thank you to everyone that participated on that project. And the other thing I asked him about Intel, because when you have this kind of an
1: investment, a $40 billion investment by a new company in Arizona, it's going to get headlines. And it should get headlines. And TSMC deserves a big thank you for coming here. Um, uh, The investment they're going to have long term, what this will do to the Valley as a whole, I think is going to be huge. And I think it's just a step. It's a big, big step, but it's a step in the right direction. But we have to – I've been here for almost 28 years. It'll be 28 years in um, February. And I can tell you the big corporations that were here, um, Intel was huge in Arizona. They still are, but Intel was really one of the big drivers of everything outside of construction in the economy in Arizona. It was a big investment, Honeywell and what they've done here. There's others. I mean, other big companies here, and I don't want to insult any of them, but when you're talking about this industry, the time spent in Arizona and really laying the groundwork and and really making this industry solid in Arizona has been Intel. Intel. So I talked to the governor about that and what he said this is going to do.
3: Intel's been a leader for decades. We couldn't be more proud of their investment in Arizona. If you haven't seen their plant or TSMC, it's a good thing to just drive around, go way out to East Chandler and then drive to North Phoenix. And you're going to see there's going to be a lot of opportunities for everyone in Arizona for decades to come.
1: And what happens in this, and if you haven't ever seen it and I've seen it firsthand, is that you will see because this plant is going out into part of Arizona and the, the immense growth. Growth up in the northern part of the valley uh, is amazing. When the three hundred three was put in, that that went from I seventeen, and it continued on past the sixty, and it continues on around out into the far west valley. Um, that 303 expansion did wonders, and there's been huge growth, but when you put a plant like this in there with higher-paying jobs, the land gets more expensive and more valuable, so do the homes in the area, the higher-paying jobs. What you are going to see now are higher-end restaurants. You are going to see all of these things start happening. Other businesses that feed the chip industry are going to be created, and you're going to see all of this growth happen. So it's happened here, if you go and look in the East Valley, I've talked so much about Mesa and what they've done out there. In- and it, it does. It's not to denigrate. Gilbert's done amazing things. So is Chandler. So is other. But I know some people in Mesa that have worked on this intentional growth idea. I think this is going to be a big part of the of the legacy. So I talked a little bit about um, about the governor. And about what motivated him to run for governor in the first place, and this is what he said on that topic.
3: I didn't know why we weren't competing with places like California and New York and other large cities for economic development. I said I wanted to to kickstart the economy. That I had grown a business, and now I wanted to shrink a, a government. And uh, we've been able to make headway on all those fronts.
1: And and if you go, if you look back at that, it was it was a weird time because there were a lot of candidates in the race. There were a lot of candidates in the race, and uh, moving into the final year of the election, moving into that final few months, going toward um, toward the toward the primary. Um, in January of that year, the, our Governor Ducey was down, I think, by like 40 points. It was a huge number that he was down in the polls. And he not only was able to overcome that, but win the primary and go on and win the governor's office. And uh, it was it was interesting to see the messaging and how it was done. I, and I, I look at a lot of this myself. I look at it like sports. What I mean by that is I watch it intently as a competition because an election is a competition. You are trying to convince the voters that you are the best person for that job? What message do you take to the most amount of people? And that's the thing. You can either speak to, preach to the choir and continue to deliver one message to one group. You're not wavering on your beliefs. You are talking to a broader spectrum of people and acknowledging, I'm not going to be perfect for you. There are going to be things about me you don't necessarily like. There are going to be things that you're lukewarm on and there are going to be things that you love. But here are the most important things to me and I think these are the things that we should focus on. And when you convince the most people they go to the polls they vote for you that's how you win an election and he was able to do an amazing job at getting that done um and uh, listen, I, I, I will tell you something. If you've never met the governor, you're never going to meet a more h- humble guy. Uh, you know, he he is the most unassuming person I've ever been around. And that being said, he also has understood the importance of his position. Um, when you have you got these, uh, the Super Bowls that have been here, you've got the Waste Management Phoenix Open that happens every year, and the governor's been a big part of those events. You know, he's a Thunderbird, so he's a big part of the Waste Management Phoenix Open. But the governor has also used those opportunities. When When the barons of industry are flying in their private jets to come out here to not only point out the perfect weather and on a perfect golf course and other things, using those events to show business leaders, listen, this is why it's a great place to be. And this is why we are making it a great business destination. Here's the work we're doing with the legislature. This is what we're planning. Here's what's going to happen with infrastructure and roads and the access to power and water. This is what we're going to do when it comes to the legalities and the legislation. And all of the requirements, we're going to make this a business-friendly place with a tax base that everybody can, um, can live with. And look what happened. I just think it's a very smart thing to do. So the last thing I asked the governor was I asked him how he wanted to be remembered. How do you want to be remembered as governor?
3: That I did my best and I left the state better than I found it.
1: Well, those two things, I think, I believe that that's true. What's interesting about it is when I talk about the governor being very unassuming, when I talk about the governor being um, a a very humble guy – I was – you know, I I don't necessarily like going after people, especially people that I like, but there were some things that I disagreed with the governor about when it came to the way COVID was handled here in Arizona, and I kept saying over and over again, you can't over-communicate in a crisis, that there should be more communication, and I was pretty adamant about that. I didn't like the shutdowns any more than anybody else did. Um, There was never any animosity from the governor's office, and and behind the scenes, I'll just let you behind the curtain a little bit. That's not always the case. There are times that people – don't want to talk to you because of your stance on an issue. They don't want to talk about a specific issue. And uh, he was never like that. His office was never like that with me. Neither was he personally. And I think that's a sign of someone that I think that's a sign of someone that is very confident in what they're doing. Um, and I, I think he did a great job with it. So here's what we're going to do. Coming up in a moment, we're going to finish off on the show with a topic that we started on earlier, and it was a v- big surprise to me. What Democrat governor is criticizing the border stance of? The president of the United States. We're going to talk about that coming up in a few moments. Values
0: and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 923 FM,
1: and the KTAR News app. And hey, thanks for being here. This is how bad it has gotten at the southern border of the United States. Democratic Governor Gavin Newsom of California warned Monday that President Biden's plan to re- reverse President Donald Trump's border policies could break his state. He was speaking to ABC News and said the fact is what we've got right now is not working and it's about to break in the post 42 world unless we take some responsible and o- take responsibility and ownership. And uh, I never thought I'd say this, but I agree with Gavin Newsom. This is, uh, this is, again, more proof, in my opinion, more proof that this is not a partisan message or a partisan issue. This is an American issue. It's not left or right. It's, le- I mean, it's not right or left. It's right or wrong. And um, we need to do something about this for everyone involved. Uh, if you think in your in mind, if you and I would encourage you on a number of levels to take a look at what really is going on at the border. You can see pictures out there of what's happening. humanity, to the people, human beings. They are being mistreated by the cartels. Cartels could care less about people. How many times have we heard about trucks without air conditioning in the middle of the summer? People packed in, people dying. We know that people are left behind in the desert to die. If you want to really do something interesting for yourself, go and look up online, Trash in the Desert um, about the border. Um, It it is being trashed. and Again, the people crossing are dying in the desert, so they're not necessarily worried worried about littering. Dirty, die Human waste, trash, garbage everywhere destroying this. So from an environmental standpoint, you've got ranchers here in Arizona that are talking about the destruction of their land, that they have people out there doing repairs, fences need to be repaired, property being stolen, homes broken into. You think about living on a ranch somewhere. The last thing you think about is break-ins. They're barring up their windows and doors at night because of invasions. They don't leave their children home alone. These are all realities of the problems at the border. And then you go from there to the human aspect of things and how resources that are meant for people in need are being consumed by people that are in need that have come here from other countries illegally. The only people benefiting from any of this are the people in the cartels. And we have got to do something. Now, Gavin Newsom's voice has joined others. So, you know, he's not going to start busing people to other cities, but he is now agreeing more and more with people on the other side of the political aisle that are calling this a crisis. And I think this may foster the change necessary. Uh, Republicans have called for the impeachment or the resignation of Secretary Mayorkas from Homeland Security, that's great. That's all well and good of Secretary Mayorkas. But I think Mayorkas is only doing one thing, his job. What I mean by that is he he works at the pleasure of the president of the United States. His job is to do what the president wants him to do. He was hired to implement the president's policies. So you can replace Mayorkas, but he's going to be replaced with someone that thinks exactly the same way. If you look at the former Tucson police chief who was hired to work for CBP um, in all of this, and he's gone now too, but it was you're hiring people that are going to implement your policy. This is what happens. When a president comes into power, you can't do everything on your own. What you do is you hire people that you believe, think like you do in that area, and they are equipped to implement the policy you would implement if you were actually there doing the job yourself. Every president does it. That's why the president's is such an important office in the United States, we have got to change it from the top down. We have had very little acknowledgement about a problem or problems at the border. And we need to reverse that. It needs to be changed. We need to be able to have a better um, a better system all the way around. I've talked so many times about this from every angle. And I think it's worth repeating over and over again. We should be a beacon of immigration around the world. We should be the nation that absolutely does it the very best. And right now, it doesn't look like we are. We look like a nation that's a mess when it comes to our immigration system. It's not something we should be proud of. Um, And the last but not least, what I'll say about it here is um, that we have – the people of Arizona and the people of this country are looking at this situation with the dreamers and we think you know we are creating the next generation that your children, my children my grandchildren, they will be the ones that have to clean up that mess, we had to deal with the dreamers, we still haven't done it effectively, we still have not effectively dealt with the dreamers, which means that the next generation is going to have to do what we did, but in larger numbers and that's not something we should take lightly nor is it something that we should be okay with with. We should want this to be fixed. We should require it to be fixed. And it's going to take all of our voices to get it fixed. All of us collectively saying, I don't care where you stand politically, this is wrong and we need to make it right. Just about hear the music. I'm out of time. We'll be back tomorrow morning just after 8 o'clock. At Broomhead, KTAR is where you find me on Twitter. At Broomhead, show update you on the show. And Mike Broomhead, all one word on Instagram is where you can always find me. Would love to keep in touch. I'll be back tomorrow morning. Until then, I hope you have a great day, everyone. God bless. I'm oh, oh, oh,